This is a new day, a new episode. As always, I am your host. I am Boris. And I am joined by Phil. Hey, everybody. And making his triumphant return to the It's Canon podcast is Tyler. You couldn't keep me away. <laughs> That's basically it. I tried hard. I really did. So, I don't live in the same city, and, I was, and there's a pandemic, and I was still outside Boris's window. Exactly. <laughs> Knocking on my door, saying, can we record? Just waiting. I said yes. At least at least it was on the other side of the window, so you were observing social distancing. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I am a lunatic, not an anarchist. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. It is the It's Canon Podcast. It's the show where we talk about all things, everything. And guys... Do you know what the best part of it all is? It's all in canon. Kyle read all the Marvel comics. <laughs> you know, it's hilarious they even say that. So, Phil, in the original incarnation of the show, we had an episode <laughs> where we would always, or every episode we would, the second half, we would dedicate to comic books and uh, giving our thoughts and, you know, get kind of getting into non-spoilery reviews of a comics. And this one episode, Kyle during prep was like guys i did it I, I read all the comics i'm ready you can ask me anything i'll be able to talk about everything yada 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 when it came time to actually record and i was going down the list of all of the comics i'm like hey did you read this kyle no next title kyle no next title kyle no <laughs> it came to the point where i'm like what the fuck did you actually read and he ended up reading like five books maximum no, he read the wrong week. He read, like, five books from that week, and so I had read the entire previous week thinking he had it, but it yeah. was just like, oh, God damn it. Yeah, it was the most ridiculous thing. It was great. It was great. So, for those of you who don't know, Tyler used to be on the show more regularly. Life took over. He grew up, took real big boy jobs, and um, essentially, I couldn't pay him shit. So, he decided to take a little break from the podcast as the podcast took its break on its own and um you know one it's one of those things where you know i i really to be honest i wanted to bring tyler back at some point i wanted tyler to be part of this but it's kind of like zero commitment up to you whenever you want to show up and you know the it, it's it's all on you at this point so you know a little bit of peer pressure now that i put it out there but 
you know, I really wanted you to be come back. So I'm really happy that you are back. Um, and, you know, it's kind of cool that we're bringing in the new incarnation with the old incarnation. All we need is Kyle. But, you know, the It's Canon podcast family is, is obviously, you know, back. We're stronger than ever. And it's going to be a fun ride. So, Tyler, um, for all of our new listeners, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So last time I was on the show, I had... I think I'd like just taken the job. I manage the Milton location of the dragon, which is an Eisner and many other award-winning cockbook shop. Uh, the first location has been around in Canada for like 20 years at this point. So in cockbook shop years, it's a dinosaur. Um, it it yeah. keeps going from strength to strength. And I, despite the pandemic, like we're still running. I'm still there three days a week doing deliveries and stuff. And then in my own time, I am a writer and game designer. I've put out a metric ton of titles since we last talked. And I have another Kickstarter starting up in June 15th, which is going to be marrying Shadow of Colossus and God of War with Dungeons and Dragons. So if you ever wanted to fight a monster the size of a city, that's where you're going to be able to do it. You know, it's one of those things, I know we've talked about this many times, but we really need to do a special show where we actually play one of your games. Oh, man, that would be fun. Phil, you down? I, uh, I, I think that would be great. Awesome. These games already are turning me on, so. Like, <laughs> chubby on or just turning you on? Uh, just intellectually at this point, but it depends on <laughs> the content. Gonna say, I was going to say, por que no lo dos? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Awesome. So, yeah, um, I like I know we talked about it so much, but like, we should actually do it, uh, especially now that, you know, we have time, um, you know, and, and, and Tyler, you will be happy to hear. I will not be traveling at least until January. So I am bored. I am stuck. Hence, the podcast is back. <laughs> I mean, it's been super weird. I um one of the one of the hiccups and the, the increase in me having to take more distance from the podcast was the fact that. Summer has become con season for me. I, have to, I go to Gen Con and Origins every year. I usually try to hit some other ones as well. And between prepping for those and going to them, and like at, at Gen Con last year, I was doing 18-hour days for like five days. So by the time I got back, I'm then doing catch-up and everything else. It was just like I had, I had my summer was practically just eaten by con season. Yeah. And now they're all canceled. Right, it's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, we're gonna talk about that in a future episode. It is a huge subject that I do want to talk about. It's kind of, and we touched it already about you know where some cons could go in terms of uh, a virtual type thing, especially you know San Diego Comic Con where a lot of um, exhibitors kind of want it, like Marvel DC. Well, Marvel doesn't even show up there anymore, but you know where they kind of do their huge announcements for the year. Uh, you know, sneak previews and things like that. So they're kind of doing like virtual con type thing where they're still going to be able to do their thing. Uh, San Diego Comic Con wants to be able to, you know, get a, a lot of endorsements and things like that, you know, through, I guess, through selling access. But, you know, kind of the evolving con and, you know, because there's nothing better than being stuck in a room with thousands of comic book fans and social media fans or so pop culture fans. There you go. Yeah, but you know what? That's that's going to have to be the trend now. They're setting it up, obviously, with all this pandemic stuff. But 
you look at E3 and everything as well, it's been going more and more digital or virtual in its iterations, and it's being forced to do that now. I think, you know, there are some opportunities for, for companies, just like Kyle had mentioned, you know, with his, his Tyler. comic book, uh, Tyler, Tyler said about his comic book store and staying ahead of it, right? It's, you have to adapt in the industry. And those who adapt to get to stick around a lot longer. You can't hear that. I'm actually laughing right now. <laughs> well, you can't hear it now. I used to always call Tyler Kyle Kyle Tyler. So the fact that Kyle isn't even on the show right now. I apologize. The fact that Kyle isn't even, you know, he, 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 I don't even know where he is right now. The fact that you called Tyler Kyle just kills me on so many levels. Oh, I got me again. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I think it's a good point, though, Phil. Right? It's like how do you how do you pivot and change things in this time? And and some companies can do it, and some companies, even if you want to, like it's 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 harder, right? Like Marvel movies slash Disney, like let's call a spade a spade is going to be fine. And mm-hmm. video game companies are in a much better position. And and I mean, if you look at hiring data, like they are hiring like like gangbusters. Yeah. But yeah. you know, you look but- at. But well, even yeah. in the comic book space, like like there's games, there's books, there's so many opportunities to pivot your business. And uh-huh. some comic book shops don't do it, and they die. Yeah. And then no, you look I... at the guys who know their market, like you, or obviously do. It's it's a real asset. Oh yeah, and I yeah, I'm more speaking to agreed entirely. And there are easier and harder positions to do it in. Right, like we've found board game sales are through the roof right now. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, with the pandemic going on, you know, Ontario is slowly opening up to be closed shortly. Um, how has business changed for you? You mentioned that you go into the shop three times a week to do deliveries. Um, talk about this brave new world and kind of how you've been doing business. Yeah, so we had an online store and we did have mail order before this. So we were in a really good position already. Uh, looking at, I mean, we have three locations and I, I do a little bit of work for kind of the company as a whole, but my focus is very much on my location. Uh, and we took this up, op- we took this as an opportunity. Like we closed down entirely for April because diamond wasn't shipping and we were yeah. getting new product. And it yeah. was just like, what are we gonna do? And we had a skeleton staff. I took a basically I took a vacation. The the owner was like, "Do you need to work?" And I was like, "I can take some time." Uh, so you know we were doing deliveries and stuff, and we've been slowly ratcheting back up as everyone's kind of settled in for the duration, understanding what this is gonna be. So yeah, I'm in three days a week right now. Diamond started shipping again this week. Uh, I mean, Diamond started shipping again this week, and then my entire shipment got lost somewhere, which has been classic, a delight. Classic Ooh. Diamond at that point. Uh, Here, um, I mean, it's it's hilarious. But yeah, it's been a matter of like, yeah, I, I do a lot of board game stuff, and I do a lot of stuff on the computer right now. Like, it's a lot more like an office job than it used to be. Right, that makes total sense. And that was the latest um, I've ever probably done on this show, and it's really bothering me, but that's okay. Um... Sorry, complete random thought as I'm, you know, trying to figure out this new setup that we have now. A mixing board and all this and that. All digital, so it's it's fun. So, sorry about that. Um, so, Diamond, you know, Diamond being Diamond. Um, 
has this whole DC controversy kind of changed how you do your ordering and whatnot? Can you even talk about that? Give me a second. I'm just thinking over what I can and can't talk about. So we did pivot when Diamond was going through. I'm brain farting on who our distributor was, but we got it from the other distributor. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's been a matter of all of all of comics and graphic novels. I'm not talking about any of the supporting industries right now. Um, just specifically comics and graphic novels have definitely been in a strange spot of titles getting delayed. Yeah. Uh, you know, your title is to show up and it's just, it's not in stores and who knows what's happening. So when you look at the official diamond response, it isn't the direction I would have chosen, mm-hmm. uh, but we can hope for the best anyways. Right. So that is pretty, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, you know, unfortunately, Diamond was in a very comfortable situation. They took advantage of an industry that was hurting at the time. They signed these deals that would never have, you know, seen the light of day um, if the industry wasn't where it was 25 years ago. But yeah. they were able to capitalize on that and good, good on them. But so they've kind of never been forced to, um, you know, improve best you know they've they've been lucky to be the only distributor for a lot of these comic book companies to comic book stores so yeah now that there is competition however that competition uh, yeah however that competition was created that you know that's a story for another day but there's competition now diamond needs to step up and unfortunately they're kind of saying but you know, we've been around for so long. Why are you upset with us? So, you know, I'm going to leave it there. I don't want you to get in trouble. Um, but yeah. it's just an interesting kind of dynamic that's going on. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we, for years we've been talking about this. Though so even five years ago when we started the show, we were talking about, you know, that these contracts with Diamond are due up. And, you know, with, yeah. with DC being owned by AT&T now. Not even WB. We're talking like, you know, the Grand Poobah and Marvel being yeah. owned by Disney. They have their own business plans. They have their own means of distribution that I'm sure they're mm-hmm. going to take advantage of. And DC already has. And it'll be interesting to see where Disney goes with this. I mean, uh, Marvel Disney has as well, for sure, as well. Like, we get, we already get a bunch of our Marvel kids books are not through Diamond. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. And they are, you know, you look at them, and a lot of people would say that's a comic. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that, yeah, as we've talked about, you know, Disney's, Disney's paper publishing arm is bigger than Diamond. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I, I don't even know what's going to happen, especially with the pandemic right now. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah. And that's an episode that we're going to obviously talk about, and I love kind of bringing in these sneak peeks, but I'm a huge numbers nerd. I'm a huge nerd in general, and I just love talking about the business of things. You know, for those listeners who are a little newer, we used to go in-depth about the actual comic business, and that's one of the things that a lot of creators loved about us is that we would talk more than just talk about your characters and, you know, your inspiration mm-hmm. things like that. We actually went in-depth into the business side of things, into the creation side of things, 
um you know sometimes we would even talk about money uh with with certain um creators in terms of how much they had to raise for you know getting their book into the image brand and things like that so you know, it's one of those things that we will be talking about, and and you know, I, I, Tyler, I'm going to lean on you as much as humanly possible, but you know, obviously, I don't want you to get in trouble, so we're gonna talk a yeah. little bit more about this uh, down the road. Um, Phil, do you have any thoughts about that? Just kind of hearing what we were talking about. Um, I know that this is a subject that you and I haven't really talked about on the show, as the show is expanding outside of just comics and whatnot. So. Um, you know, in terms, and, and I know that, you know, you're kind of on and hot and cold in terms of just reading comics in general. Um, but any thoughts come to mind as we kind of chat? Oh yeah. Like lifelong comic book fan here, but mostly my, my younger years, it's a fascinating angle to, to talk about because understanding the economics of an industry, especially an industry like this determines, can tell you a lot about what the type of contact you're going to get and what type of struggles people are having to get their own stuff out on their own terms. Like I say in the in previous episode, I mentioned my friend Steve Gilbert, writes Colville, self-publishes. It's a lot of challenges, right? He owns his own store and he's got a place that he can put his foot into the industry. But, you know, when you look at these big distributors and, and the fact that they have these uh, monopolies, it's interesting to see that there's competition now and to get into that, that side of the business. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, it's a very interesting conversation for sure. The other kind of thing I want to touch on very quickly is Kickstarter and, and, and Patreon and, uh, hopefully comic creators never open in OnlyFans, but you know how Kickstarter and Patreon kind of changed the industry even five years ago and where it is today. So I don't want to touch about on that right now, but you know, that's for sure a conversation that we will be having down the road. And I saw that Phil, you almost actually spit out your coffee when I said that. Yeah. Yeah. I, the only fans was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> there are, there are people doing that. Yeah. I, know. I, I, I don't doubt it. Like revenue is revenue. And I guess if, if you can go there and do that, I know I see a lot of that stuff, uh, especially with Patreon, and whatnot right now um when you look at some of the uh online um vlogs or whatever you want to call them and they've gotten broken up and the individuals have gone out and started their own as well as some of the lego guys are now doing because of the changes that youtube have made to their pay policy uh, yes. on videos and yeah, it's that's a huge one they've had to go out and start looking at patreon and 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 basically getting subscribers that way and and creating content specifically for them i've seen one guy uh, Jang Bricks, his channel has changed drastically, not in a negative way, but people buy him sets to build multiples of them yeah. for yeah. him to build and review now. And I think that's surprising him is just how willing people are in the community to mm -hmm. support what they love. Oh, 100%. And on the other side of that is, you know, you look back at the early days of webcomics where you had Brad Geiger, who is like literally one of the guys who wrote the How to Make Webcomics book. And he was doing, you know, the old-fashioned thing of, of you had it up and you gave it out for free. And I think his one of his main series is 100% behind paywall on Patreon now. Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. It's And he makes money off of it and then sells the collects and sells the graphic novels so you can be a Patreon subscriber and get it as you go or you yeah. can buy the graphic novel. But that's exactly it. Like, you know, content is content. I think a lot of people have now learned how um, important IP is 
is at you know at the end of the day for consumers to consume said content you know that people are willing to pay for it if it's good um which is why we haven't reopened our patreon just yet but um you know if it's worth it people will shell out money for it um you know at the same time you still have dirt bags and and pieces of trash who will try to take advantage of you know the whole patreon thing um on both sides both on the creator side and on the consumer side uh so it's you know there's a lot of topics that we can chat about um i'm also curious about one thing here yeah. uh, a topic that i don't know gets discussed much with with this type of situation with patreon and whatnot i worry about sometimes the content being too curtailed for the audience it's like screaming down a self-made well you know what i mean and it doesn't limit the artist or the creativity of it by curtailing so much of your content for that specific audience hmm, yeah about, it's yeah. it's interesting i mean there was a essay Corona was i think it was back in like oh seven and it was the thousand true fans essay and it was arguing that more people are going to be less famous and, you know, instead of having your uh, uh, Hickmans who sell tens and tens of thousands of comics at, you know, what's it like six bucks a comic in Canada now, yeah. you'd be able to have a thousand people that give you 10 bucks a month mm -hmm. and you would end up making more money. Yeah. So you're making more money by more committed, fewer fans. And anecdotally, my own business I have had a lot more success targeting a, a narrow, excited group and knowing that I am giving them exactly what they want than trying to go wide. And that doesn't mean I don't try to do stuff that has more mainstream appeal ever. It's just, you know, I, I think that it, that both have their place. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. makes perfect sense in, in that, you know, circle. Um, and again, that's getting really deep into the numbers because, like, you know, we can talk about stats, we can talk about the analytics, we can talk about, you know, the numbers game, um, that how, what direction makes sense the most. But yeah, it's it's for sure a subject that I really want to jump into. Uh, so, you know, look, short story long, Tyler, I'm super glad that you are back. I'm super glad that you were able to join us. Um, and, you know, you're going to be jumping in and out as, you know, life and time permits. Uh, so, you know, welcome mm. back. Thanks. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm personally, again, happy to have you back. Yeah, <laughs> it's been good. I'm like, I'm like ready to go. Yeah, I know. Um, and Phil. Well, I, I'm excited as well to, to work with you, Tyler. So, um, it seems like you have a lot of great insights into a lot of different stuff. Well, thank you. That's not good carried away. Uh, Phil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what have you been up to the past week or so? It's I guess it's been a week since we last talked. Oh, Animal Crossing. I oh, farmed. Oh, God. <laughs> That's my weekly update on Animal Crossing. You know, it's probably the most grindy game I've ever seen. And yet the world seems to be playing it. Uh, I finished The Division 2 and the expansion. And I have been watching Upload, I think, on, on a topic that we'll talk about later. Yes. So... Uh, I kind of got my arm twisted into that and found out, fell into that trap. So that's been my geek week. Yeah, Animal Crossing. I judge you so much on that one. I I can't even 
I don't understand what's going on, but you know, people are having talk shows on it. It's I, I you log in, you spend 40 minutes. It's really not much of a time commitment, but I just can't believe how much it reminds me of the stuff I hated in destiny and destiny two and all these other games and wow. And everything else that I've played over my life where you just are grinding so much. Like you log in, here's your dailies. Here's this. It's a way less direct way of coercing the player into doing this. And I find that a fascinating study from a player standpoint, like how, how they're motivating people to do what they want them to do. Yeah. And I'm sure Tyler has an idea about what I'm talking about. I don't know if you've touched that game or even looked at it, but it's fascinating. I lucked out in that I had a bunch of other games that I've been waiting for. (laughs) So I have like, I've, I've thread that needle of not picking it up or playing it. And for the very reason you're talking about, I am terrified of playing it. Yeah. Like I'm terrified of like, no, that's my life now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's quite literally. I was I was saying to Boris, I, I'm pretty sure I could give you a weekly update every week on this chat that will be exactly the same for the rest of my life. Yeah, I uh, fished, <laughs> caught all the fish. I, I now, hit now rocks. hunting bugs. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, I just can't. I just can't with that it's, game. Hey, you're watching reality TV here, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's your judgment, whatever. Go Vanderpump Rules, go Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm I'm all up in that shit right now. As Tyler judges me. <laughs> I I I have my now wife back during the show is my my partner. My now wife watches a lot of reality TV, so I have tangentially watched The Circle. Oh, yes. And that that too hot to handle. I've luckily and avoided that one. A lot of Bake Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reality TV is I'm, a hell of a thing, and we're going to be talking about that very shortly and kind of consequences of assholes when it pertains yeah. to certain things. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a little teaser for um, later on in the show. Uh, yeah, so I've been watching a lot of Reality TV. I've been... Um, actually, I spent a lot of the week fixing my setup you know before we move on i do want to apologize to our listeners that the last special episode sound quality wasn't the best and i'm going to be 100 percent honest when i say i just gave up editing um the sound was just pissing me off so much um you know much to uh you know mike did a great job uh during the interview um and i will try to fix up the actual interview as best as possible put that out on our feed uh, so that people can listen to that but the parts that involved just phil and i were just sounded horrible um you know horrible internet connection shitty day bad mood i don't know what it, what it was the trolls um oh we were using a new app too like, yeah let's not was, forget the fact ridiculous. that we had to be uh, a little agile there fuck you zoom um <laughs> You know, oh, it was just no. a, it was just a headache on so many levels that uh, yeah, I just gave up in the middle of editing. I said, "Fuck it," releasing the episode. And I know that there were parts that probably should have been edited out, but you know that's the beauty of of uh, I guess you know I'm just trying to make excuses at this point. But you know, I do want to apologize. Um, you know, because I am a huge um, yeah, I'm very 
picky. Picky, that's the word. Perfectionist. Perfection. I was going to use another word, but I didn't want to say Obsessive. it. Obsessive. Anyway, yes. Uh, Tyler, you know. You know how I used to be. And it's gotten so much worse now that I have too much time on my hands. So anyways, I spent all week trying to find like a mixer. Um, I don't want a physical mixer just yet. Um, I am still staying at my parents while this, uh, the, while the world is frozen outside. Um, but I, you know, I needed something to have the podcast sound better. There's nothing worse than putting on a podcast that I love to listen to and hearing, you know, breaks up, breakups and static and, you know, the sound just being horrible. Um, if I have to constantly be changing the volume on an episode of a podcast, I will turn it off. So, you know, that that's what started my obsession with sound quality on the show. Um, and I've just luckily found a great app uh, program on my PC that I've been using and you know we can get hopefully better sounding podcasts for our listeners because at the end of the day you know this podcast I just want people to spend their hour hour and a half two hours listening to us agreeing disagreeing swearing at us whatever it is you want to do um and just forget about real life forget about shit that's going on and just listen to us randomly talk about random subjects and 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 whatnot you know so yeah um what else have i done this week i've done a lot of work for the site i cleaned up the site a little bit it was uh needed some tlc on the actual site i didn't really watch too much per se i feel like i watched something i just don't remember what it was so that's how memorable it was um i spent friday oh, actually i guess on friday uh friday night i spent watching all of the purge movies and i started the tv shows um that's basically it and then just kind of yesterday again doing some tlc on the site on the sh on the show getting the script ready for well script the outline for today's show um and that's when you know i couldn't sleep so at like five in the morning i was thinking you know what would be really cool and we're going to talk about it on the air because why not do business on the air? And it's kind of like a um, YouTube video behind the scenes on the making of a podcast. Uh, that's something that I'm thinking I'm, I want to do because there's a lot that goes on behind a podcast. I've been asked by friends, uh, you know, coworkers, um, strangers, lovers, um, how do you get a podcast out? So kind of like, you know, from ideas to uh outline to actually recording and kind of walk you through what a typical week in the it's getting podcast world looks like so that's something that i am thinking of doing uh we'll talk about that more offline guys but uh, that's just something that's out there um yeah outside of that it's kind of been all the same for me uh having said that i think it's time that we should probably uh, move on to some other subjects. Uh, so before we do move on, I do want to, um, you know, give a bit of a warning. You know, some of the subjects that we do talk about in today's episode might be a little tough, a little heavy, a little more involved, a little more adult for some of our listeners. So if you do, you know, listen to the show with a little one, you know, this is your warning there are going to be adult subjects, um, so you know I don't want to get a shit ton of emails complaining, um, things like that right now. Uh, this is your warning, you know, but I feel like some of these subjects we should be talking about. I feel like these are the subjects that should be talked about out in the open by podcasts and people and, you know, whomever. But, you know, we tend to kind of keep 
these subjects in Pandora's box. But I'm going to open up Pandora's box a little bit. We're going to have a good, uh, real conversation about a few things. Um, but yes, parents, uh, if you know you are sensitive uh, to what your child listens to, you know the next little bit you might want to skip. I will try to add some. Well, I guess. You won't know, but I'm going to try to add some notes into the um, into the episode notes, you know, as to what we're going to be talking about and where these certain subjects lie. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to give that warning out there before we move forward. Um, and then as we chat about stuff and before we chat about stuff, Bill. Hey, I just want everybody to check out www.itscanonpodcast.com. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. Email show at itscanonpodcast.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, really anywhere you find one of these podcast apps. And if you like what you hear, be sure to click the subscribe button because that's that's the way that, we, that, that you're going to get notified that we're doing this. And we really want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to listen to us. And uh, let's get on to the controversial topics. Yeah. So, I, Tyler, anything before we start? I just wanted to say that Phil does that better than I ever did. <laughs> I remember having to do that. And like 50% of the time, Boris would throw to me and I'd be like, I don't remember what social media is. What's <laughs> happening here? That's been my last three weeks, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, how terrifying it is. Boris throws to you and you know it. Like, it's like, it's like being yeah. a kid again. And yep. you're in class, and then the teacher's like, all right, we're going to take turns reading a paragraph. And you're like, you're not listening to anyone. You're like, which paragraph's mine? Okay. Okay. Where am I going? All right. Paragraph four. All right. Okay, I'm ready. And then it happens to you, and you're like, I don't remember how to read. Yeah. I, uh, what's that word? <laughs> oh, man. You guys no, need to no, produce no, an episode and see how much pressure I Nothing better than a little I bit feel. of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, all right. So... I guess, you know, the first subject of today is going to be uh, toxic fandoms, uh, you know, the toxic culture that we live in, um, and kind of what, we're just going to have an honest discussion, uh, what really inspired this subject is something that happened on Friday night, you know, I, when, when this actually happened, I thought it was only going to stay contained in the small little world of professional wrestling and not really blow up, and I'm seeing CTV articles, Variety articles, uh, you know, other mainstream outlets picking the story up, um, and I guess it, because it does have that reality show um, element to it, uh, you know, people outside of the wrestling community actually care about it, but I do want to bring this up, and I do want to talk about it a little bit, um, and kind of, you know, what inspired this for me, um, and it is the sad, sad, sad um, death of a professional wrestler out in Japan, uh, Hana Kimura, 22 years old. Absolutely tragic um, what happened. So, you know, to give everyone a little bit of the story, essentially, Hana Kimura was a part of the reality show The Terrorists in Japan. Uh, it is a Netflix show. Um, they are not recording right now, as no one is really recording right now, but before the pandemic hit, uh, she was a part of the show. And, you know, 
she got upset with one of the house guests. And basically, Terrace House is a show kind of like Big Brother, kind of like uh, The Real World, uh, where you have six adults living in this house and see what bullshit they can get up to, what crazy adventures they can get up to. And really, like a lot of reality shows, it's about the drama, it's about the the fights, it's about, you know, the gossip. And really, it, it brings out the worst in, in humanity. But, you know, we, we kind of like watching it. It's kind of like watching gladiators go at it for me, you know. it's But it there when you actually sit down and think about it, a lot of these reality shows are meant to trigger not only the people in the show, but your emotions as you're watching it. So, Hannah <clears throat> uh, Kimura... She was a she was a professional wrestler out in Japan for a all women's promotion known as Stardom. Uh, this uh, female promotion was uh, featured this year at the Tokyo Dome, January fourth. You know, mega show for the first time. Uh, and Hannah Kimura was one of the wrestlers that put on a all women's match at Wrestle Kingdom in Japan at this show. Um, and essentially, you know, the ring gear that she wore for that show was near and dear to her heart. Fast forward to this reality show. For whatever reason, um, this wrestling gear was left in the washing machine. One of the other house guests put in their load. Didn't I guess they didn't check or whatever. Um, you know, if anything was there. Eventually ended up ruining the wrestling gear. Uh, and uh, Hannah Kimura... You know, had a freak down on this episode. Uh, ended up slapping the hat off of this other house guest. And obviously, you know, this is all heavily edited. We don't know what the conversation actually entailed. But, you know, for the viewers, um, the Hannah Kimura was, you know, an angry person who freaked out for, for clothes getting ruined. Um, I... And, yeah, Tyler? I was just say I just want to jump in for a second on that to add a little bit extra context. I'm not saying it happens on this show, but several people who have worked on reality television have talked about how it's not uncommon that if you are quote cast in a reality television show, regularly when you're on filming, you are overtired, you are starving, and a lot of the time they refuse you food but give you all the liquor you want. So that it. it they're, they are, and again, not saying this show, but in a lot of shows like this, they are very much setting you up for an emotional breakdown. Like, they exactly. are, you know... They're pushing buttons. Yeah, yep. they have all the levers. Yep. And they're like, well, you can't eat, so you're starving, and you usually are overtired, and those already make you, as, you know, no one's above this, you become more emotional and it happens, and then you're half-bombed, so... Yep. And, and, then, and then, just to interject here, too... Go ahead. I think a lot of these people, when they go on these reality shows, they see it as an opportunity to self-promote and, and get their brand out there. But depending on how the editing's done, you can be yeah. cast as a villain. You can be cast as a good guy. My understanding is she was getting cast as a villain. I don't know that that was by her choice. Exactly. You know, like, like she's living the consequences of a decision made by someone else as far as how they're portraying her. Exactly. Because, as we all know, editing is huge. 
and that was yeah, one of the things season. I was going to talk about was the actual editing, and that's exactly where I was going, Phil. So thanks for bringing that up. Um, you know, just as a complete sidebar before we get back to this story, I was um, reading. Uh, I, I forgot what I was reading. It was somewhere on Twitter, and it linked me to an article about some controversy right now in Vanderpump Rules, where one of the editors went on a podcast, spilled the beans, even said that I go out of my way of making this character look like an idiot. This is, you know, what I've I've been told to do. Um, this is what I mm-hmm. want to do. So uh, this editor ended up getting shit canned, obviously, because you know uh, she named names, she talked talk, talk. Uh, she, you know, uh, kind of NDAs are a hell of a thing. <clears throat> but yeah, I was going to say, don't violate those NDAs. Yeah, the editing is a huge thing. So Hannah Kimura. Um, on top of it all, you know, from all accounts, from other professional wrestlers, uh, from people all around the world that have encountered her, say she's such a sweetheart, uh, how nice of a person she was. So, you know, it, it, all of this editing and the portrayal of people in reality shows really comes into question. Uh, so, yeah, she freaks out on this castmate. And after this episode aired in Japan, she started getting cyberbullied. Um, the fans of this show and some wrestling fans who, you know, it's still real to them, damn it, uh, just went a little too far. And they kept cyberbullying her and kept going and kept going and kept going. So Friday evening, Saturday morning, local Japan time, uh, on her Twitter feed, um, she posted some self-harm pictures uh, with very cryptic messages. And um, some wrestlers on this side of the world tried getting her help uh but unfortunately they didn't get her the help fast enough and she ended up passing away so you know because of this toxic fandom because of these hate messages you know she just felt horrible she felt to the point where she couldn't continue 22 years old you know and she ended up committing suicide and we lost someone because of all of these consequences and it's just absolutely heartbreaking so this really inspired me to talk about toxic fandom and negativity and social media and reality tv and kind of like you know those things that a lot of people think about but don't really talk about and i feel like you know in these shows we really need to bring this stuff up because we are go we are living in a society where we just thrive on negativity and it's absolute bullshit that we are all so negative people if you don't like something don't watch it let other people enjoy it. Other people can, will consume it. Other people will enjoy it. Let, you know, the the executives and the powers that be decide on, you know, what they want to do if something is not good, if something didn't make the money. But if you're watching something simply to hate it, you're doing it wrong. If you're literally going on a um, Twitter rant about someone, think about that person. These people have their own lives. These people have their families. These people have you know that they are human beings and you are being absolute pieces of trash to each other like these are the consequences i hope that anyone who sent one of these messages to hannah kimura feel like absolute trash that she did this and it's an absolute disaster that you know it the only reason why we're talking about this is because someone took their own life. It's absolute bullshit, and it gets at me so much. Toxic fandom, it is literally the worst thing, but it is, you know, it's so inspired by our society now. People thrive on it. People want it, and Twitter is the absolute worst for it because people feel entitled to their opinion and making you feel like shit. Why? Because you can hide behind a keyboard. You can hide behind, you know, um, uh, anything. 
you don't you are basically as anonymous as you want to be and i hope that the authorities do everything in the power to shit on and smash these people who sent her any dispersing messages um it's it's you know i get very um uh worked up talking about this because yeah. you know as phil as you know tyler i may have mentioned this when you know we were doing the shows about 10 years ago you know phil and i were running a local soccer club and that was built mm-hmm. on fandom and um you know i was the president there was a group of people who didn't want me to be so they took it upon themselves to make my life absolute shit you know i've been targeted at this i i you know there's something that i don't necessarily admit to a lot of people but i will admit it here because this is a subject that we are talking about and just so that people understand you know there were nights that i was literally drinking myself silly staring at a wall thinking what the fuck is this all for you know yeah. it's 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 fucking absolutely horrible um that well, yeah, it, i i even got to that point go ahead tyler yeah i was going to say well yeah it's like to be on the other side of that equation to be the subject of that kind of harassment is is so surreal and othering because you know i think a lot of people want to believe the best in other humans and you you just get stuck in this this terrible place you're like well so many people are upset at me and i don't understand really why right and 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 you just kind of get in this position of like you don't know how to get out of that thought spiral yeah because there's there's you know they've chosen to hate you yep and you're sitting there, like, trying to figure out, like, well, I feel like we should be able to talk this out, right? You know, to use your 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 football club example, you know, it's a football club. Yeah. They don't have to agree with everything you're doing, but, like, wh- at, at what point does it become acceptable to, you know, call a freaking claim that you're making a bomb threat or whatever the swatting bullshit is yeah it's it you know i'm not trying to turn this into a woe is me type thing it was just an example um Mm -hmm. but you know because i can relate that's essentially what i'm trying to say um and yeah i think i think anybody who's done some public service or anything you know you can be targeted you can even have it at work this type of thing and people shouldn't be doing it but that being said I'm going to be, take a realist side here with with her. It's not necessarily the way I feel, but I think it's going to spur some discussion here that's worth having. She was a lot sicker than just the cyber bullies. Obviously, she mm-hmm. needed help because, you know, no matter what's going on there, I don't think I, I, I don't know of how many messages uh, when you start having those thoughts, then maybe you should get help. You know, and yeah. it's, it's such a sad thing for her but that's- because she's ultimately lost her life over this and the compassion is all there for her from me i don't want to sound cold i'm just saying though i wish that she would have got help yeah i mean i I really do that's also one of the things it's like we do not know what the person on the other side feels what they're going through you know sometimes it's those happiest people who have those demons in their closet and you know but at Mm -hmm. the end of the day these toxic pieces of shit don't care they just want to yeah, the, and feel like crap. Her seeking comes. help, my suggestion to her seeking help does not negate 
the fact that people shouldn't be treating each other like yeah. this. All right. There's civility in this world. We've seen it in Star Wars. We've seen it everywhere where fans go and pursue characters to the point like th- these are real people and they have to start removing their Instagrams. They have to start removing their Twitter feeds yeah. because of the toxic fandom. And it's just absolutely upsetting to see all of these people having to deal with this on a regular basis and, and how people are so entitled to go yeah. and attack like this. Yeah. And to push. Go for it, Boris. I was just going to say, you know, uh, I know exactly where you were going with the whole seek help thing is, you know, if you're not feeling well, if, you know, you're having these types of thoughts, just go and talk to someone. People will be there willing to listen to you. You know, I, I know it's so much harder said than done. I know and I understand and, you know, I I feel it. But at the same time, you just just go and and try to seek the help before it gets too much because you know having a mountain of people attacking you constantly uh, attacking the very fabric of your being can get overwhelming Um, but you know this is why it's so important to talk about how you're feeling to other people Um, I know that there are people who just kind of break down close themselves off Check up on your friends. Check up on people. Have these conversations. Be open about it. That's that's what I'm trying to get to at this point as well. Um, and and Phil, you know, with your comment, that's that's kind of it. Like, just yeah. be nice to each other. Talk to each other. Have these conversations. Don't let these toxic pieces of shit get to you. So go ahead, Tyler. But the, the oh, sorry, Tyler, go for it. I mean, I was gonna say to push back a little bit, and I agree with you entirely that you know. Ideally, people are able to get the help they want or need, but we're in the middle of what's already a crazy stressful baseline. Yeah. And and I don't mean this to sound dismissive, but like literally, how do you get help right now? Yeah. Yeah. Even culturally, I don't know, you know, like what kind of challenges are in Japan in particular where she's based. I know that there's challenges here. Exactly. Or in her career. I'm I'm not trying I'm just trying to put that out there for people oh, yeah. to understand. If you're in this situation where you're getting hate online and cyberbullying and you're having these thoughts, try to seek help. I and I don't know how that works today. It, it's, a, it's a very valid point, Tyler, that you know, getting a hold of a regular doctor is almost impossible, mm-hmm. let alone a mental health specialist. You know what I mean? But there are crisis lines, there are things there in our society that as far as I know, haven't shut down and they, well, they need some to, have, some haven't. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I feel for people, you know, like maybe just take a time out and it's easier said than done. It's hindsight. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I think I'll even go as far as to say, like there's some culpability on Netflix's production side. Oh gosh. That's, I, you know, Netflix like makes some decisions. I that's mean, exactly yeah. where I was. We're going. now getting into, uh, 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 um, am I going now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we were both going the same direction. Of, I think that, yeah, there's a lot of big businesses yeah. that very much profit and they're doing just fine from, from toxic fandom because it, it, you know, you know, I'll bet it, you the, the ratings of that show are up. Yeah, the ratings yeah, of that show are up. Sure. And the other side of it is, you know, I'm not. I am not putting on the conspiracy theorist hat on this one, but let's say you were making Sonic. You got a bunch of free advertising. 
by having a really bad Sonic design. I'm not saying they did it. I'm saying that is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And and they seem to have no problem throwing people under the bus. Yeah. Um, I know some people who before yesterday had no idea what this show was that it even existed. Um, and yeah. now it seems to be the show that a lot of people are talking about. So, you know, at the end of the day, unfortunately, you know, you're, you are correct that they did get a lot of free advertisement. And the saddest part about all of this is that they probably are being watched by more people than ever. Oh, I can almost guarantee it because it, it, it seems to happen a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and and I agree with Tyler here where I wouldn't put it as something that they wanted to have happen and I'm sure they've issued many a statement uh to to express their condolences and their shock about <clears> her <throat> passing. And and rightfully so, and I'm sure they're all good people, but I just, you know, really in a meta way, I'm just questioning a lot of this reality TV, is it good for us? Is is being going on Twitter and bullying people and venting about just some unreal topics. Like you think about where society was in the eighties and the seventies and, and different times, these things weren't exploited to this degree, or at least as public as they are. I'm sure there's mean people always exist. I yeah, get it. Mean the, people suck. Yeah. But, you know, you would always get, you could probably get threatening letters and things like that, but I think it's just a direct access and how quick you can actually get out there um, and send a tweet to someone and be anonymous about it and not worry about the consequences. You just literally be your keyboard warrior, type whatever you feel, you know, go fuck yourself, blah, 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 blah. And the person gets that response. You know, we have access to, um, you know, celebrities and, you know, and, and stars and, you know, people like that, um, direct access to them, the type of access that we used to, that we've never really had, you know, so it, it, there is a level of technology being changing us into being able to do this. There's that, like I mentioned, the anonymity of it all as well. Um, but I feel like a lot of this is just, you know, we evolved and we changed and we added all this technology to to society but we never really thought took a step back and thought about like hey we should probably teach people about this a little more uh we should probably tell people not should we do it yeah should we do it or even hey how about we teach people not to be pieces of trash or you know hey this is what you don't do using twitter and whatnot we kind of just it's kind of been a free-for-all and with zero consequences um and you know this is where I, I don't want regulation, I don't want oversight in the sense of censorship, but I do feel like there is a level of, um, you know, of, of, of Overwatch that is required humanity. Of, of humanity, of education, you know, as a, you know, children, we should teach them at a young age not to be dipshits, um, especially online. <laughs> One thing is face-to-face. One thing I will say about, you know, my experiences in this, and Phil knows exactly where I'm going to go, is that I was called Hitler, I was called a Nazi, I was called a piece of trash, I was called a spick, I was called a wetback, I was called so many things. And I knew he was called who was calling me this. But did these people ever say any of that to my face? No. A lot of these people don't have the balls to say some of this stuff face to face to someone. So, you know, if we can instill some of these traits into people where don't say something online that you wouldn't say to someone's face. 
you know, we would be avoiding so much more. But I feel like, you know, this current generation where we're at, it's, you know, you can't teach a, an old dog a new trick. So this, we, we need to find ways to combat this as us good people, as non, us non um, keyboard warriors. But, you know, we need more education at, at the core of it all. Um, you know, we need, I, go ahead. I actually disagree on that being the solution. I um I, I I think that I think that saying that it's just people not being educated well enough or not knowing any better misses an integral part of the equation. Hmm. I mean, I'm not going to go into the, I'm going to try not to go into the specific politics yeah. of it, but I think we need to accept that there is a very very heavy overlap between certain segments of toxic fandom and certain political ideologies. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, in researching this episode, it is, it took me 60 seconds <laughs> of searching yeah. to accidentally end up on like stuff that had nothing to do with actual fandom. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it, 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 it would be nice to have people stop being bad. Yeah. And and I think that that'd be, you know, that's an ideal that, yeah, I'd love to get towards it. But I think that short term, I do think we actually need to reexamine. And, and specifically, there needs to be some examination on how not even new laws, but laws we already have on the books are enforced. I think that, yeah. you know, freaking calling in a bomb threat so someone gets hit by a SWAT team that should be illegal yeah and, and I know that it's, it's it's the extreme but I think that's a good idea I think we'd all agree I think most of us can agree that if you call a SWAT team on you know let's say famous person John Smith and you're like he has a bomb and the SWAT team shows up and kills him yeah I, I think you're partly responsible yeah for sure and it's, so basically you're saying is that, you know, we need to, number one, enforce laws that already exist. Number two, reevaluate and see how these laws can be um, reworked to kind of cover more examples of this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and also not even necessarily changing the laws, but changing the enforcement mechanism. I mean, I think that I, I think there's a lot of laws already in the book in both Canada and the United States specifically that you could compel Facebook and Twitter because like, let's call a spade a spade. Those are two of the biggest ones where toxic fandom happens. Um, other places as well, but those two especially, you could very easily use laws already on the books to compel them to change their behavior. You know, if you're calling for violence against a person or or a type of people or whatever under Canadian law, you know, that's definitely a civil case, if not a criminal case. Right. And the reticence towards infringing on that, I think is a mistake. Right. I agree. I agree. I guess we're tackling this in two different ways. I'm kind of looking more at like, you know, the societal person to person type thing. You're looking at the overarching, um, I guess, policing of side of things. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, I'm also carefully sectioning off the most extreme. Yeah. For the moment, in part because I think that 
you know, saying someone should be the victim of of horrible, brutal crimes is is that's that's just unreasonable. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I get it. I one hundred percent get it. It's you know, I, where do we even start? That's the thing, you know. And for me, the simplest solution is: hey, stop being a fucking piece of shit, people. Think about. You know, for for anyone listening, before you send a message, think about that message before you send it. Why are you hey, sending a hate it's message? It's just like the email rule. If you're going to write an angry email, don't write it right away. Or write it down, don't send it. Read it a day later. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the type of attitude. But I think the technology is really enabling a lot of really bad behavior. I think the technology moves faster than our moral compasses than anything because these challenges are brought on by the immediacy and uh, of the technology to be there to be anonymous to be whatever you know and i don't know what kind of i agree with you i don't want to see it overwrought with with guidance and and rules and and all this stuff that take away the fun because there's a lot of positive that does come out of that but it's just people who just really need to check their head like honestly yeah yeah um, Tyler, any final thoughts? Oh, I mean, we I think we could go on this a lot longer. I think that it's it's. I, I I think that specifically, I think it's important to to point out that these platforms not only I I would argue both legally and morally are shirking responsibility they have. But even if you don't buy that assertion from me, I think we can all agree that they benefit from allowing it to happen, if not encouraging toxic fandom. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, the more you're engaged, the more money they make. And the angrier you are, and the longer you spend fighting with someone in the comments or or whatever, that makes them more money that raises their metrics and i don't think you know even if you don't agree with me that what steps they should take i think we all need to definitely recognize and reconcile the fact that they make money off this there's that economic reason why i feel like we won't get the proper laws in place um you know lobbyists have do a wonderful job of protecting things and people um i'm not gonna get into I'm, yeah, I'm not going to touch some of the subject. Um, but, you know, the NRA comes into mind. That's basically yeah. where I'm going to go with that. Um, I, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, the NRA is a fascinating example. It is. <laughs> I know. Because there's only, like, like less than a million members or something insane like that. Like, it's actually super small. Yep. Exactly. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And I guess my where, where I kind of want to end up is, guys... Think before you send a message. There, we're all humans. Everyone right now, especially right now, is going through a lot more than we usually do. Think that, hey, you're sending a, a shitty message to someone. There's someone on the other side of that message. They have their own lives. We don't know exactly what they're going through. You know, I don't think... I don't want to think that anyone's actual um, point to sending something is for someone to off themselves. 
but that is one of the consequences for those of you who are not feeling the best go and talk to someone um you know if you're not feeling the best i'm sure you have someone that you can lean on that you can talk to that you feel the confidence in in really talking to them uh, about how you're feeling and 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 you can seek that help and for you know for 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 everyone else reach out to your friends send them a message especially right now during the pandemic hey how are you doing everything good how are you feeling you know you might be surprised by some of the messages that you actually get back you know so if you're if you're the victim of ongoing harassment online i thoroughly recommend finding someone you trust and care about but who has some emotional distance from the instance Mm -hmm. to give them your social media account while you cool down they can sit on it for a little bit it's okay they can monitor stuff and you can get someone else that you trust to go through and block some of those people because you have no obligation to have those people in your life. You have no obligation to give anyone that kind of access to you. I, I mean, you know, if we're talking about freedom of speech, which, which is the rallying cry of a lot of the toxic members of fandom, sure, you can say whatever you want, but no one has any obligation to listen to you. Yeah. You look, and you just like you... You know, obligation to listen to them. So, you know, if you're being harassed, get that emotional distance. Get someone to, you know, you can ignore. Yeah, yeah to give life. you a perspective, to give you the perspective, right? Like, number one, that person might be able to give you some advice on, you know, just helping you mentally anyway. Oh yeah. Saying, you know, like, holy cow, you shouldn't, you know, give they they'll give you that advice. They'll give you that perspective. I like the idea of giving them the keys to your social media too, to, to go and, and do some work on that because you need to, you need to block people. You need to, to get, you know, and that's not to say that you shouldn't be listening to people who maybe have a legitimate point. We're just talking about this really small segment of toxic fans, right. That are, are wishing very serious, like very serious harm to you. It's, it's not cool. And, I'm yeah, not saying, and when you get that emotional space, it can be hard to unplug and get away. Yeah. And that's why that's important. Yeah. yeah, especially with this pandemic. And uh, just like you had brought up, we're all feeling trapped. We're all feeling frustrated. And maybe that is a huge contributor here. You know, we, we don't know what was going through that poor girl's mind. Um, and it's just so sad that it ended up with her losing her life. And... I do hope that a lot of people really examine or maybe center those messages, really think about their impact and their contribution to this. You know, it, it's it's not a good place to be in as a person. We should be we should be looking to be compassionate to one another, empathetic. Those are the qualities uh, that we need to be exercising the most during this tough time. I think that's a perfect uh, way to end this segment. Um, I do want to, you know, go back and say we are not doctors. We're not professionals. We're just human beings talking about a subject. You know, these are our views. This is kind of, you know, it's it's just a podcast. But you know, hopefully, you can take some of these, you know, um, points of advice to heart. Disconnect sometimes. Think about before you send a message and whatnot. Um, that's really all we can do as people. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where uh, we are at this point. Um, and I guess, you know, it's important to also say that, you know, it's just be nice to each other. So that was, that's that. We're going to talk about this in the future, I'm sure. 
um, in regards to toxic fandom and just fans in general. And I'd love to have the opportunity to chat with people about this. So let us know, you know, kind of your experiences. Um, hey, reach out to us if you have to. We're always going to be there for our listeners. We're always going to listen to them the way that they listen to our show. So that's essentially where we are. Uh, so before we are going to take a little bit of a break. I need to kind of chill, have a shot of whiskey or something. Um, so when we are back, we're going to talk about Upload, the Amazon TV show. We're going to talk about the afterlife. We're going to talk about, um, you know, how you plan to spend your afterlife if, if you had the choice. Uh, so stay tuned. We will be right back. back oh we needed that break i needed that break phil obviously needed that break i needed that break (laughs) tyler did you need that break i uh filled an entire pitcher with water and have drank half of it already so yes well done well done guys all right so i don't even know what i'm doing anymore oh just a regular day at the office for you then yeah pretty much all right so it's too many knobs in my face. <laughs> Not even going to touch it. That's what I said. <laughs> Anyways, you are listening to the It's Canon podcast. Um, we took a break. There was, you know, we just had to. Um, so we're going to continue on with the show. We are going to talk about a new TV show that was released on the Amazon platform here in North America. Probably has distribution on God knows what everywhere else. Or maybe it's an Amazon, Amazon exclusive. I don't know how these rights work anymore. But for those of you who have Amazon Prime here in Canada, US, we are going to be talking about a TV show called Upload. Um, Tyler, what would you call the genre of this TV show? It is transhumanism. Take two. It is transhumanist inspired science fiction. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, so transhumanist light. Yes. Yes. With yeah. with yes. It is. Let's let's just call it also a comedy it's, or a drama. It's Greg Daniels. <laughs> yeah. A creator of The Office, uh, Parks and Rec. It's Greg. It's uh, Greg Daniels. Like, you know, you know it's going to be funny. Um, but there were some heavy elements into it. So just to give everyone sort of a... Um, uh, we're not going to go into deep spoilers. We're just going to kind of give you the highlights of what the show's about. And then we're, we're going to talk about a few things. So in the show, 
The show takes place in 2033. Humans are able to upload themselves into a virtual reality afterlife of their choosing. Uh, when a computer programmer, Nathan, dies prematurely, he is uploaded to the very expensive Lakeview, but soon finds himself under the thumb of his possessive, still-living girlfriend, Ingrid. As Nathan adjusts to the pros and cons of digital heaven, the bonds with Nora, his living customer service rep, or Angel... Nora struggles with the pressures of her job, her dying father who does not want to be uploaded, and her growing feelings for Nathan, spoiler alert, while slowly coming to believe that Nathan was murdered. There's a lot going on in this show. Um, I, you know, I, overall, I like the show. I like this concept. I like this show. I laughed. It also made me think. Also made me scared. Um, gave me a lot of emotions overall. I really enjoyed it. I probably took a few days to watch this. Um, Phil, what are your thoughts on the show? I enjoyed it. I, I know you recommended it to me. I, I took a look at it and uh, obviously watched the binge the whole season there over a week. Bite-sized episodes, great concepts, good comedy. Once I realized it was Greg Daniels, obviously I felt very comfortable in in watching it. It also reminds me elements of this transhumanism um, about altered carbon. There's been some other science fiction stuff that's out there that we're talking about the idea, you know, ghost in the shell. Um, a lot of the stuff about what is the actual soul? Where does it reside? If it's digitized, what does it do? And then it just really hit me that you look at what Elon Musk is doing. He apparently owns part of a company that is looking to digitize the human mind and yeah. be able to upload it as well. So I think that this really hits on something that's, a, that's becoming more and more of a hot topic in today's society. Yeah, there was a joke in, in Friends in one of the episodes. Um, it doesn't matter when. But uh, where Ross was saying that in the year 2030, you will be able to upload your entire conscience and mind into a computer and essentially live forever so it's kind of funny like 20 years after 20 plus years after the fact here we are still thinking and talking about this um but i think we're kind of leaning more towards it kind of possibly being realistic as opposed to a far-fetched dream tyler what are your initial thoughts um i mean on the show itself so i want to stick on that before going towards that it's it feels very much to me like the spiritual cousin to the good place by mm -hmm. michael sure i believe and yeah. the two of them worked on i believe both parts of the and the office together so it's very much like they they were drawing on similar ideas and going with it so it seems like a nice little romp of like you said it's got science fiction in there it's asking big questions and talking about some some really heavy philosophical and technological questions and it also has like comedy and drama and character stuff going on as well. So it's the best of all worlds on that side of it. Uh, to the more technological, I mean, yeah, Russia, a company out of Russia was saying they actually think they're going to have, they're going to have this tech by 2033. I think, which I don't know. And if that's I the date this takes place in. So. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm like, that's, yeah. I said that as I was thinking, I'm like, geez, Oh no. <laughs> time travel yeah um yeah i don't know how much i specifically believe these these specific claims um i mean i think if you look at a lot of technology we don't 
as a, as a species or a society, we're not great at projecting when technology is going to be mainstreamed. Um, like we figure out, we figured out, let's say, like we figured out basically cell phones, like in the '60s with Star Trek. Yeah. But it took us a long time to really get cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just like purely from a technological point of view. Um, You know, let's talk a little bit about the society that they live in. You know, they live in 2033. Apparently by 2033, we'll have full automated cars where you don't have to do anything. You just tell it to go wherever you want. It's like the ultimate Uber. Um, The, you know, we obviously the whole idea of the afterlife, we have completely processed foods. We have, you know... uh, it's kind of like the technology we have today, but to the extreme. Um, you know, w- what do you feel, Phil, that this is actually plausible, that, you know, we're kind of leaning in this direction of where they think that we will be by 2033? Uh, it's undeniable how it's a parody on today's culture as far as extremes, because even even the two gig thing, you know, was yeah. just like the haves and the have-nots. It was such a discrepancy of class and, and whatnot and, and just the whole setup of the Lakeview place where the, the people reside. And it, it's so, as you mentioned, it, it's exclusive. It, it's financially debilitating for most people to participate it participate in it. And it really highlights what's going on in the world today. The rich are getting richer. The poor are getting poorer. And it, and it explores that really uncomfortable space for the people who are you know, reconciling that in everyday life. And I think more than the technology aspirations that it's trying to explore, it's exploring today's society. And it's, it's really showing us stuff in an extreme so that we can start thinking about our own paths and how we choose to go down this route. Like, can we stop it before it gets that bad? I, I love you the know. fact that you just took it completely into exactly where I wanted to go. Um, and that's kind of like the whole economic point of view of that, the has and the haves not. Um, it's really, to me, it was really profound. And it's some of the subtle things, like I think when one of the scenes in the middle of the show, Nathan's sister was eating with the family of his girlfriend. And they made a comment about, hey, have you not had non-processed food ever in your life? You know, little jabs like that about the haves versus the have-nots. The whole lake view and the afterlife uh, where you have this beautiful, majestic world uh, where people can live with, quote-unquote, unlimited data um, versus people who have the limited data and they're kind of like in the bunkers in the basement. Um, and, and it's just kind of like where we are in society today times a thousand. So to me, that was super interesting and really made me think a lot. The other thing I really thought made, made me laugh about this world that they live in is the, the sponsorships. So even large companies are yeah. being bought up by larger companies and being bought up by larger companies uh, where I forget exactly what the example was. It's been a few weeks. Uh, Nokia Taco Bell. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like it's it's we're not far from there when AT&T owns DC Comics, you know, like here we are in this world. We're not too far from that where, you know, Facebook might bring us McDonald's tomorrow, you know, for all that we know. So yeah. it's kind of this world. It's 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 kind of like a dystopian world, but we're not too far from said dystopian world. Tyler, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that that Phil hit the nail on the head there. I think that it also, 
uses the metaphor of it being entirely digital. And hypothetically, there is no reason in a digital environment for there to be that discrepancy. It exists solely because there are societal pressures to do so. And there is the societal disinterest in any form of equality being enforced. There's, you know, you could very easily argue that one of the major problems in our real world is a lack of distribution rather than a lack of having the resources. And yeah, in a digital world, that becomes that turned up to a thousand of there is there is conceivably no reason not to just make more server space, more solar panels. And and you reach this point where the marginal cost drastically approaches zero. And it should be post-scarcity, but they have to impose scarcity because there's no other way they know how to run a society. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like, again, this dystopian world. Like, for example, Nora's father is dying by, from what they called vape lung. You know, it's we're actually by this point in 2033, we're seeing the actual consequences of vaping. It's kind of like one of those things where, you know, in the 50s, everyone was smoking. Your children were probably smoking and it was all good. It was even healthy for you. But years later, we found out the actual issues with it. And that's kind of where I stand with vaping. Is it safe? Maybe. We don't know. We are the test subjects. In 20 years, we're going to find out whether that. Um, how safe or unsafe it is. So anyone who says it's healthier than smoking, keep telling yourself that. Um, uh, wow, we're gonna get a lot of hate this week. Um, but you know, it's just, I, I love those little those little jabs that they put into the show that really should make you think about you know where our future is heading. And it again, it's really funny because like to a certain extent, this is a dystopian world, but it's so much closer to our world than. You know, we perceive it to be uh, when you consider the haves versus the have-nots, uh, you know, the corporate takeovers, uh, you know, self-driving cars and everything, and the, the good versus the bad of them. Like, guys, Phil, would you trust right now getting into a car saying go, and it magically takes you without <laughs> killing you? No, not at all. And that was Google Cars in there. And I thought that was a funny little reference about where Google is headed with all this technology as well. Um, my one big takeaway, uh, relating back to the dinner story with the, with the little girl attending dinner with the rich people and eating the non-processed food, was one of the comments or observations she made about their family dynamic was that she asked if they're always this mean to one another. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that that was an very subtle uh jab at you know the rich people are very cutthroat the poor people are more socially minded or whatever you're gonna say however you're gonna spin it but they're just more compassionate about one another or lead you know what we would probably consider uh, uh, a nice life as far as how they treat one another so I, I thought that there was some really interesting themes that were subtly being brought to the audience that I really appreciated the effort and, and, you know, maybe it goes over a lot of people's heads, but I just, you know, I was making some notes and, and, yeah. and, you know, noting the Nokia Taco Bell and yeah. what is it? Facebook owning something else. Yeah. And it's just like Disney owning 20th century Fox. Who would have thought? Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know? it's crazy. 
it's, the, it is happening in our world. Right? The other aspect that I really loved about this world, and we basically already there, and that's in regards to when they're in the afterlife, is giving constantly giving people those five stars, and you know they have the Twitter or not the Twitter, the Tinder-like app where you actually rate people after you do stuff with them and you know we're just we're so close to that it's so scary you know it's like that episode of uh, black mirror uh where it we're constantly just trying to appease people for those for that perfect rating as opposed to actually being a good person that was like one of the I mean, major the Chinese, takeaways for me go ahead tyler i mean the chinese government is already rolling that exact thing out right like mm -hmm. It's it's the social credit system that China's been super excited for, which is basically the government running that exact thing of you can now rat out or, or prop up your neighbors about how good they fulfill their obligation to the powers that be. Yeah, and you can only do certain things if you are a certain rating. Yeah, I don't I don't remember how I know that's the plan. I don't remember how specifically all the different parts they've announced have been rolled out in practice, but it's terrifying. It really is. Like that is to me just oh scares me because ugh. Yeah. But but even even to roll it into a, a more North American uh, uh, point mm -hmm. right now, with the government talking about unveiling apps for social distancing and contact tracing oh, yeah. and things like that. Like there's this huge privacy nightmare yeah. on my behalf where I'm like, okay, you consent to it because it's good for you. And, you know, let's say you go to the store and you come in contact with four people because you have to go get food. And one of those four people gets the disease and then they let you know via an app or whatever. And they say, Hey, you might want to look out for symptoms because you were at this place, but how that can be used for such nefarious purposes by other elements of the government. And I'm not trying to be conspiracy minded, but it is a real it's a, major privacy thing. And it, privacy is non-existent in this up, upload world. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's no, a, everything it's, like look at his funeral when they're showing a random highlights and he's having sex with people that yeah. aren't his girlfriend and stuff like that. And there was no hold barred. Everything was there. And it was so normal. Yeah, I think you're... Go for it, Rose. I was just saying how normal that was in their society. That it was just like another day in the park. Meanwhile, like, I'm thinking of my own life and I would be... Look, whenever I go, I'm terrified of whoever has to clean out my uh, computer and, and um, phone and all that. Like, power to you. Yeah, it's it's been... Even if it's not even a nefarious actor, even if it's just, you know, we've seen a number of data leaks. Even if the government does everything perfect and no one uses it for any sketchy material in the government, we still are creating that data and those those correlations. And all it takes is that to be leaked. And all of a sudden, you know, yep. they can know a lot about you if you, they know where you're going. And, and, you know, we say, like, well, if you have nothing to hide, who cares? It's like, well, what if I don't want people to know? certain yeah. things about me you know and that's the thing like, marijuana is legal in canada but it's not in the states do you want the american government to be able to know and because theoretically they've claimed they can stop you at the border if yeah. you've done something that's legal in your country yep yeah that exactly which is why i will never ever 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 buy marijuana from the stores dot 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 um so <clears throat> I completely forgot where I was going to go with all of this. Um, <laughs> Bill, do you have anything else well, to say? 
hey, you know, it, it, there are privacy concerns, and that's a really good point that Tyler brings up about the idea that even if they do it all correctly and to to every satisfy everyone's um, concerns about privacy, but there's ownership of that data. That data has to reside somewhere, and that data could be secure or not secure at any point in time. It's it it's a real headache. But that you know that goes for everything. You look at Facebook and Cambridge Analytics and and everything like that. The history of, of a lot of these companies really make me worry about the future. Yeah. And it's a weird spot to be in because here we are in the present, right? Yeah. But shows like this just make you really think about it when there's absolutely no discretion. Like I, I just sat there and said, why wouldn't they look at a cut of this guy's life instead of just randomly throwing it up there? And I, I get that, you know, that funeral <laughs> brought to you by L'Oreal yeah. um, was was done probably in a half-assed way uh, and that was a comedic bit and and but i don't know the dramatic side of it was just really alarming to me you know what i mean like yeah oh well that i felt really bad for nathan at that point you know it, it wasn't a comfortable scene at all yeah, you know it's it funny though it for sure brings up like the age-old question of who watches the watchers right like is anyone going to make sure that these um companies are actually using these metrics these data responsibly and who actually enforces this like there's so many questions even going back to your contact tracing like the amount of information that these people are going to have on each and every single one of us um it's just absolutely insane to think of and it scares me like you know you it's so there I remember like one of my first jobs as a developer was creating metrics um, and reports for management. Um, and you have to be really careful because, you know, managers want to see uh, accountability and they want to see uh, productivity. So I remember that I, yeah, I, I, was, I was naive and I thought the world was perfect back then. And, you know, and I created this, this, this program that basically showed the productivity of people person by person. And I remember that my supervisor at the time, my team lead said, hey, there's such a thing as good metrics and bad metrics. Is this something you really want to show to management at that level? You know, like it, it, going back to who watches the watchers like this is, you know, how much there's just so much information that these people are privy to. Um, and will they actually use this information responsibly? You know, if history tells us anything, it's no. And that's just, that's not even a conspiracy theory type thing. It's like, we can look back and, and, and we are very, a very irresponsible society when it comes to privacy, when it comes to info, when it comes to info, um, uh, gathering and, and how we disseminate and actually use said info. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, yeah, it's just... Well, the businesses are there to be in business, right? And Google knows all this stuff about us anyway, which is really scary in itself. Yeah. Because, you know, it, nothing's for free. Yeah. That's that's the bottom line, right? And and again, I'll, I'll go back to the show and, and pick out another theme that I saw, you know, going back to the discrepancies of, of rich and poor and whatnot. You also had that whole idea that Nathan was working on with his partner, the free upload, yeah. right? Like. You'd be able to up, get yourself uploaded and the kind of demand that had. Then you have the dichotomy of Nora's dad who just wants to pass away and be with his mom yeah. right, or be with his wife. He just wants to, to, to go to the afterlife, the proper human afterlife. you know. And this is a complete society that's based its faith in technology. And there, is, there was a subtle little uh, uh, dichotomy going on there that the creators were 
we're bringing in. Maybe they explore in future seasons. I don't know. But th- those are all things that borrow heavily from Altered Carbon and, and a lot of other science, great science fiction. The Good Place, everything like that. It it It's an interesting kind of look at things. Yeah, it also really hammers home the tendency for advantages to compound. Like, on the exact point you're talking about is, is yeah, like you said, it's so easy for... And this, this is jumping back a little bit, but, you know, talking about how you've only ever had processed food, and anecdotally, you know, I... I Living at home all the time, I'm spending. I'm buying better food here, and I feel better. It's, just, it's better quality. And you know, if your chicken isn't stuffed full of extra water, a chicken breast lasts you two meals instead of one sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's exactly. Yeah, it. yeah. It's just it's it's a very interesting world. A lot of interesting concepts that they were able to introduce in this one season. But I feel like you know there's so much more room for this world to grow um you know as a viewer it makes you think of stuff like so yeah watching this show really made me think of how i want to spend my afterlife and my afterlife would essentially consist of a podcast room where i can record podcasts and scare the shit out of everyone that's still living (laughs) bill how would you spend your afterlife i I, you know what it's it's a pretty big philosophical question for me like would you want to live forever and be this person improving, maybe not improving, maybe regressing in, in terms of your spirituality or your just your essence of being, or uh, do you take that gamble on? Is there an afterlife, um, you know, and 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 going to that final spot? So, show made me think about that a lot. I, I I don't know where my opinion is on it yet. Hopefully, I got a lot more time on this earth uh, before I have to decide, but. It certainly would be interesting to have the option of doing an upload, of being able to exist virtually. And yeah. it's interestingly enough in that show, the big thing was trying to get that person to be able to be downloaded, right? Yeah. That was a big part of a theme that I think, again, they can explore later. Yeah. And the perfect actor for that scene, Creed Bratton, that, that was hilarious. Tyler, how would you spend your afterlife? I mean, that's really interesting question i i've long thought that you know if we look at a longer not not less immediate but the longer term challenges facing our species uh a lot of them require solutions that are longer than a single lifetime and we're talking about stuff here like not just colonizing mars but terraforming it or if we ever want to travel to the stars if we ever want to do a lot of these things those are probably impossible in a human lifetime. Yeah. And, you know, if we're the only intelligent species out there, we functionally have unlimited resources out there in the entire universe. So, and I know the show hasn't gone there yet, but I think that, you know, it, it if we're capable of digitizing human beings and putting them into some sort of way they can directly interact with the world around them, from their digital selves, I think it's just a matter of time before we end up, you know, abandoning conceptions of what humanity is. And just all of a sudden it's like, no, you're a spaceship and you go out and you find new stars. Yeah. And that's all you do. And you're like, I can just go drift amongst the stars forever. Like real life transformers. Exactly. We are all transformers. We that's are all transformers. What, 
That's that's how this ends. That's my takeaway. We are all Transformers. That's the show episode title, by the way. It turns out it turns out the the spark of leadership was inside us all along. <laughs> the hot goo spark of leadership all over someone's face. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what? Oh my god, I'm losing it. Oh, man. No, but no, this show really did like to Phil's point and Tyler's point. Like, there's so much to actually think about when you think about your afterlife. Um, you know, and there's there's just so much ethical, um, you know, moral uh, things that come to mind when you start thinking about how would you want to spend your afterlife. Like, can you imagine? Um, just you know, I, I guess the overpopulation is is would be a whole separate thing at that point. Um, can you imagine how many server farms we would have to build? How many, you know, how often do you actually want to see these people that have passed away and, you know, can literally show up anywhere? Like, there's so many questions. And as I'm watching and watch this show, it always, that these things always came to mind. Like, you know, and then what happens if you get, like, the vanilla sky scenario and everything goes to shit and there was an issue in your actual upload? Um, you know, it's it's crazy. There's so many scenarios here. Um, but this show was overall really interesting intelligently done i'm actually looking forward to more episodes down the road i hope that they do get renewed and we do see well actually it was renewed but we do see these episodes sooner rather than later who again who knows when things are actually going to be recording in the future but uh yeah it's i'm overall i really like the show it made me think a show that can is smart um you know the, the well-written funny uh emotional and can get you thinking that's always a positive show in 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 uh, for me uh phil any final thoughts well for me the brilliance of the show is really how approachable it is and that that's key to getting that audience because you're going to get people who are big fans of the office and you know past worker greg daniels you're going to get them in there but they're going to start thinking about this and i think that that's the brilliance of a show like this it's not heavy-handed it's it's fun to watch. Uh, you don't have to dwell in some of these philosophical debates or these ethical debates. It's just, you know, good TV. Um, I'm glad that they took the chance on it. And I'm hearing that a lot of the places uh, in California, at least, are opening up next week for shoots. So we should see production starting on a whole whack of stuff going forward. As long as, you know, we can keep all this stuff at bay. Yep. Tyler, any final thoughts on Upload? I. Uh- it's a good show. People should watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's uh, pretty much how I feel. Also, yeah, so I guess, you know, we will wait to see more episodes. I'm sure we'll talk about this and similar themes down the road as we talk about other things. Um, so just a few things coming up. Um, you know, we are, exp- I don't want to say expanding, but like I mentioned so many times in the past, we are changing. We are more than just a comic book podcast. We are just a podcast about anything and everything, and it's all in canning, yada, yada, yada. But we will be talking about things and other fandoms than just Star Wars and Batman and, you know, the, the usual stuff we will be expanding. We will be having dedicated episodes to sports, to wrestling, to Harry Potter, to God knows what else. We're, we might even do a Twilight episode in the summer with the new book coming out. I don't know. But, you know, the sky is really the limit in terms of what we will be talking about. Um, so I hope that, you know, a lot of people enjoy what, you know, this episode was a little heavy at times um you know i tried to kind of just you know make jokes where i could and was appropriate um but you know if you like what you hear 
be sure to subscribe. Tyler, how about for old time's sake, you tell people how they can get a hold of us. Oh, God. I warned you about this. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on a bunch of other places where you get your app-related stuff. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at It's Cam Podcast. That's where you find us. Yep. I got it all. We got it all. Yep, you can find it. us everywhere. You can also find us on our website, www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can, That's what I was missing. Yep, you can subscribe. Yeah, and you can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com as well. We'd we're, love to hear from you. Yeah, we're talking over each other. I think this is a perfect time for us to call it a, a Sunday. Um, as always, thank you for listening. I had a blast talking to you guys. Tyler, it's honestly awesome having you back. Phil, always a pleasure talking to you. I'm your host. I'm Boris. And I was joined today by Tyler. That's me. And Phil. That's me. Thank you so much, everyone. And stay tuned to our channel because we will have another episode next week where we will talk about anything and everything because it's all in canon. Thank you. Thank you.